Why Do We Sound So Good? Because we're at Dead Aunt Thelma's studio and Mike Moore is engineering for us. Thanks, Dead Aunt Thelma's. Thanks, Mike. Hi, everybody. I'm Susanna Mars and welcome to Adventures in Artslandia. Today, I'm talking to Zale Schoenborn, the founder of Pickathon, which will be August 2nd through the 4th this year. And I totally love your slogan, no advertisers, no waste, just music. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Really appreciate you having me. Yeah, it's really, it's wonderful. When I, I first came into contact with Pickathon because I live in Damascus and I've seen signs, you know, all the years I've lived out there and I've always wondered, what's Pickathon? And I've looked a couple times and for some, one reason or another, I hadn't attended. And this, uh, when I looked at it recently, because I knew I was going to be talking to you, it's just it's incredible. It's, it's a beautiful festival. It's a family affair. How did you come to inventing it? It has very humble roots. 21 years ago as the idea of a better party with friends around music and get togethers. And it stayed as a very humble roots as a, even a benefit for KBU back in the first seven years of it. Mm. Um, but the, as the communities we were able to attract kind of got plugged in and found their sweet spot. And we, we always like to say it's, it's, it's what a lot of people do. It's the Olympics of what they do. Um, <laughs> it's the Olympic version of what they do. And we know if we kind of hit, hit that integration on the head when people kind of feel like it's their dream project. And we've been just adding and imagining and trying to coalesce this larger experience of all these sub- wonderful subcultures in in the area nationally internationally and yeah if you survive long enough good things happen is a good <laughs> slogan for arts organizations right that's so true now you're originally from kentucky is that right i am and- i grew up in kentucky born mm-hmm. in washington dc but mm-hmm. uh had yeah 20 25 ish years in, in south of different ways and moved out to Colorado and um, went to grad school and then made my way to Portland and pretty much about the year after we got here and was really playing a lot of music in the music communities um, Pickathon really had a had an interest you know I had an interest in kind of making it about the best music and never about a certain genre of music mm. because the styles of music I was interested in were always pretty broad. And I thought that the, in, intuitively that a, a music festival just does much better if it kind of recognizes the best music regardless of boundaries because people in, in, have a real knack for liking a lot of music. And if, at the time, I back in 99, a lot of the music we were assembling, which was more on the folk and bluegrass and blues and roots rock, was it was not a, a known model to people to mix those styles. In fact, we were kind of ostracized because we weren't pure enough mm-hmm. for the hardcore. We weren't just a jazz festival mm-hmm. <laughs> or just the blues. But over time, those... Uh, that kind of model really won the day as as kind of our 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 identity and like today on the music side which is really a a core aspect of pickathon we are kind of a a, you know an international discovery engine a lot of our artists 
become, you know, first recognized at at a festival like you know, at Ticketon and go on to, you know, some kind of regional or international or national stardom, you know, ranging from like Grammys, like Sergio Simpson was up for a Grammy and Margot Price. And uh, we've had many kind of breakout artists over the years that kind of had their initial humble roots coming through Pickathon. And that's a lot has to do with assembling really feelers out in the universe, being open, knowing that you're not the smartest person that you should ask lots of other smart people and get those ideas from regional places that where these amazing things pop up, but sometimes don't necessarily spread very easily nationally. Mm-hmm. And having faith that the Elvis of a regional music scene will really be something amazing next to another style of music. So it could be punk rock next to bluegrass, next to electronic, next to rap, next to soul. And the music, if it's just passionate and has that that real kind of sense of urgency and grittiness, it really translates. And, and even if you don't know and love that style of music as a, in your normal listening habits, you walk away kind of blown away. I mean, there's so many artists. It, I, I saw Nathaniel Rateliff, Mandarin Orange, Lucius, Julia Jacqueline, Laura Veers, Lido Pimienta, and I mean, there are so many others. I wonder when you create these, and this is a two-day event, how long does each artist play? And have you ever seen artists connect and collaborate after Pickathon when they didn't know each other previously? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's, you know, a part of the benefit of surviving is we become um, a requested place for established artists to, to come play. Mm. In fact, the, the story behind why we have a uh, Phil Lesh is that he decided that this year he wanted to do different things. He can do humongous things all day long, ginormous festivals. He can be paid huge amounts. He just has this really strong desire to find something way different than he's ever done. And immediately they zeroed in on us. Mm. Um, and there's a similar story with Nathaniel Ratliff and Lucius. They they are, in many respects, kind of too big for the festival. So they have to come and kind of fit, you know, take a little bit um, different approach when they come to the festival like ours, mm-hmm. uh, where we we're not we're not a we purposely don't scale out the people to keep the experience really comfortable, mm-hmm. and that appeals to those artists. And part of the benefit of them really getting into it and thinking and being invested is that, yeah, those collaborations um, are, are really strong. And in fact, we have a tribute to a, a music producer who, who was from Cottage Grove named Richard Swift that's being organized by Daniel Ratliff and Lucius. They're flying up members from another band called Foxygen and putting together uh, quite a tribute band to him mm. that they're gonna it's gonna be debuted at the festival oh that's exciting that sounds fantastic yeah it's it's great it's it really is you know the heart of, of Pickathon. if you want to think of it as as a music festival is an incredibly irrational concept <laughs> and one really i you know important thing i like to say is um you know all business models in arts need to find some kind of scale 
right? And the events yeah. world is, is a very simple model where you really try to scale by the number of people you bring in. Mm-hmm. And it is not that um, friendly. Our business model would really suffer if we tried to, to, and we've known this for a long time, that by scaling the actual event, we would probably kill the event because as you scale, the experience suffers, the things that you're trying to um, do make, do not make monetary sense. We have six of the most elaborate performance spaces probably on the planet Hmm. um, in terms of festival performances. Uh, We have just a long, long list of things that are like bad business model approaches, but we know that the heart of the festival is to kind of create these, these sandboxes for these different, you know, architecture and design and street art and music and food and drink. And what we, what we learned a long time ago, probably about 10 years ago was this was not headed in the right direction from just the event. So what we really started thinking about was, Hey, we can have our cake to basically say the festival is going to stay in this smaller bent towards the passion side and let's try to scale the business model by creating digital content Mm. so if you you really think about pickathon now 10 years later we're really a content company Mm. we make short and long form original films and videos and productions with a you know, based on the real experiences we create for a special number of folks at the festival. Mm. And <laughs> that, that is what Pickathon is today. Interesting. We, we have over 600 people in the film side of the festival at the festival doing just video work. Mm. Yes, so it's a, it's, it gives us the purpose to keep the festival really special. I'm and assuming not that part. when you say scale, you mean enlargen. Is that right? I say, yeah, scale from a from kind of a business sense. Like, how are you going to have enough revenue to support mm-hmm. the 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 community and the people and the infrastructure and the things you you want to stand for and achieve? How right. how do you get to that point? Which is really a core, you know place core issue for almost all arts arts organizations right what led you to music producing well you know music it, it should be it's not fair at this point because of pickets on way more than just music mm-hmm. but we I, I i like to say that initial statement of we always wanted to do kind of the better party mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very dramatic simplification but if you think of events and you know arts you just you want to have impact you want to have this kind of emotional connection and let the things you know take things that you know are valuable and may not be understood or seen by a larger audience and make them uh, get out into the world and find a place and a voice where um, it can potentially uh, you reach a scale like Pickathon where we can create all of this content and reach millions of people. Mm-hmm. We have a, an effect to kind of start to bend pop culture in the ways that we think are important. It doesn't just have to be 
pop culture in the kind of commercial sense. It can be pop culture based on all these incredible communities that don't have as much representation. Well, and, and I also because you're plastic-free since 2010 and you're eliminating all plastic beverage containers, the way you're providing this experience is showing up in the value system of the work. Yeah, I mean, that's just the aspect. The, the festival itself is, you can really think of it as the premier experience for music festivals anywhere. And that definitely is one of the aspects. It's not a one thing. It is a ton of little things, including, yes, we have no plastic. And we try, not, we try to minimize in our working towards like all single-use um, types of materials to be eliminated. Mm-hmm. So we have plates that we wash instead of throw away. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, you know, literally no plastic that you can find and hardly anything that, that would be considered like single use. Hmm. And it's, it's something we started 10 years ago and have been incredibly successful. People very much enjoy it. We've been open source in our approach to try to give it away to anybody who wants it. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we're one of the only ones I think that are still doing you know, both those. There are people who are trying to get rid of plastic on a larger scale. It's recently made some big news that Gastonbury in England mm-hmm. is going to try it this year. Mm. <laughs> How'd you get there? How'd you start? We just realized it was kind of gross. It's just ridiculous how much waste the festival was creating, even when we were at the smaller size we were in 2010. Mm-hmm. It just felt like there had to be a better way. You just didn't need to be trying to use 250,000 plastic cups and mm-hmm. just get rid of them. It mm-hmm. just, it struck us as a problem that we could figure out. And we partnered with a company called Clean Canteen and created these like steel cups mm-hmm. that everybody buys when they come to the festival mm-hmm. or brings one from the year before. And then they use a, you know, some various ways to keep track of it, like a little silicone ring and a D-ring it can clip to their backpack or their belt. And all weekend long, they use that. Mm, that's and great. when they want to have food from the vendors, they buy, they either bring their own plates and wash them, but hardly anyone does that. What they, what people typically do is they buy a, a plate token and they give it to a food vendor. The food vendor, um, who includes a lot of well-known restaurants like Pock Pock and Bokey Bowl and mm-hmm. Pine State mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the who's who, they return your food back in a branded plate and a, and a utensil, and you eat it, have a wonderful time, and then return that plate to our dishwashing station, and they mm-hmm. return you the token. Mm-hmm. And you do this all weekend mm-hmm. without ever having to throw anything away. So the, the and, people and then, who are washing dishes, are they volunteers? Are they uh, working yeah. for the Pickathon? Uh, volunteers. Mm-hmm. So we have we have a um, a core kind of team of of different. It's a small city. Mm-hmm. We're basically set up on a farm, so anything you would need to operate, um, we have kind of that built up over time, and mm-hmm. we try to use uh, biodegradable drainage and try to minimize our gray water. Um, you know, use all kinds of techniques to to try to minimize our impact even behind the scenes. But yeah, the, the end result of the dish 
issues is at the end of the weekend, you give back the token and they give you a plate, a clean plate and the silverware and you take it home as a souvenir. Hmm, that's great. I, I definitely think of you as an artist in that you are putting together an, an artistic event, an event that is made up of artists. Do you have a process for yourself or a morning ritual that you do every day to kind of get your head around what you've got to do before uh, the big pickathon <laughs> event in August? Well, we're a year-round organization. Mm-hmm. We have offices, and, and every day we're producing content. We shot, we're promote, we're getting ready for the next year. So, I I like to keep it pretty simple. I like to think in in context of what is the what is our intentions as a festival. Mm-hmm. What is our intentions today with a discussion going to have with a community, um, and what what how can we kind of further some of these other integrations that we're doing? I, I get a lot of energy from that creative process. Mm-hmm. Part of the selfish reasons for keeping Pickathon pegged as kind of the best experience and not confusing it and to be, you know, the, the count on the festival to be the sole driver of money for mm-hmm. the organization mm-hmm. is that you can really have what is, what is essentially What's the most amazing thing you can think of together with a partner and what can we pull off? A lot of times those relationships, you know, you have to find out why and how they work. Mm -hmm. Um, A great example is um, in the architecture world, we build one of our stages called the tree line stage, which is a whole performance space Mm -hmm. out of with the grad students of Portland state in the, in the architecture department. And the professors there, Travis Bell and the, the dean of the college of um, uh, Clive Knights, have kind of organized a program where they assemble their best and brightest grad students. And they're chartered with figuring out, getting materials and figuring out what materials and how they're going to build this functional tree line stage. And not only that, what is these? What is the next use of the same materials and structures that they use? So they call it diversion architecture. Hmm. And over the years, we've built it out of pallets, out of concrete tubes, out of two-dimensional lumber. And some of the uses, the secondary uses that have gone on have included some of the framing in Roosevelt High School. And recently, they've gotten far more sophisticated and have started to build homeless um, shelter pods for the women's Kenton village and the Clackamas homeless veterans. Mm. And <laughs> it's just a great example of a design build program that we kind of leverage that gives these kids a real world purpose and impact and experience that changes not only their lives, but the, you know, the lives of the community in the community. Mm-hmm. And, They've won national, national, they've won a several regional architecture awards, and this year they've been recognized nationally, not only in architecture, but uh, by the Living Planet Foundation. Oh, so that's amazing. And I hardly guide them anymore. At this point, they have their interface, this is their space, they have their ecosystem, we figured out why it's sustainable, and they just consistently blow the doors off of what they do. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously your intentions are, are, are right 
in front of me in terms of how you're reducing waste and making these amazing partnerships. Are there other intentions you have, bigger picture that you haven't achieved yet? What's your next uh, horizon? Well, our next horizon is we we are really moving into the stage of, of film production and content production where we're really building original shows mm-hmm. that are like 30 to 60 minutes like could be on YouTube, but also could be on streaming services like Netflix and Amazon. So mm-hmm. what we really want to do is take these amazing stories, whether it's the tree line or uh, we run a collaboration with food and music called Curation, where they, where a chef and a musician collaborate, hang out, meet. We tell that story and then they create a meal. You can buy tickets for a ticket on for a hundred people only Mm. (laughs) and there's like seven or eight of those maybe 10 of those this year they're very special and there's a great story there so we we look at that and we you know we very much are focused how do you get to the point where these stories can can truly be in the national conversation for um you know like a, a, a highly followed show something that people look forward to and we we feel like that that's where we're really shooting for the stars and we have a lot of we kind of have some success along that path but we're still you know marching along mm-hmm. um, and and hopefully in five years we'll be talking about wow that was such an award-winning Netflix show you did and Mm-hmm. What's next? <laughs> That's it's really interesting because I hear your enthusiasm, and obviously your work speaks to it. Also, you love an experience that's in person and connective, and uh, and now you're moving into the realm and hoping to do uh, much more filmic content. Um, would you say that it's important to you to maintain? also those in-person events uh, to, oh, yeah. you know, feed the storytelling? It, they're, in, they're innately connected. In fact, it gives us a purpose to deepen that experience. So the things that you see or experience on film are really expose, you know, weaknesses and things to improve in that real experience. And we, we are kind of again, somewhat selfish in that original intention because we really didn't want to get into compromising that experience side. It it is no fun to say, yeah, this is what we really could do, but let's back off it a bunch because we can't, we can't pull it off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We we really like to figure out how to make things like this tree line or the, um, you know, the other, we build one of the largest tension fabric structures in the, in the world that's taken up and down every year with a company called Guildworks on paper that makes absolutely zero sense. It's one of the dumbest things you could ever do, <laughs> but it is one of the most amazing um, large concert venues, you know, probably produced in, in the whole universe. It's, mm. it's just stunning. Um, 250,000 square feet of fabric, 12 mm. miles of rope. It, it spans two football fields by two football fields in shade and backdrop. It's it's just monumental. Hmm. It's just, and how fun, yeah, right? Right. How many people do you expect this year? We cap our tickets at 3,500 mm-hmm. per day. Oh, it's really, really and, intimate. Uh, it is. We have a lot of others and kind of infrastructure and people and kids are free. So and they, they tend to be, 
it's very family friendly. And because of the scale of how many people we allow in, you can, you can, you know, it does allow for teenagers and kids that be part of that experience. Oh, so there might be eight to 10,000 when you add everybody up mm-hmm. um, per day, but it's three to 3,500 paid. And the festival site itself, if you looked at it in the context of like a, a waterfront type of concert or a normal festival concert, you would be looking to put in 50,000 plus into mm. this space. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're well below the capacity. Mm, that's great. <laughs> and that's a key part of why it's the best weekend of the year, right? Mm-hmm. Is that you don't, people that hate festivals uh, tend to really like pick a song. Sweet. Uh, so here's a big U-turn question. Anybody yeah. you could have dinner with, dead or alive, your top three? Oh. <laughs> well, let me think about that. I am, I'm absolutely a huge uh, fan of Neil Young. Mm-hmm. So that would be, that would be somebody in the music world. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say my other two would probably be um, somebody like uh, Bill Monroe from mm. the from the Bluegrass Boys. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a mandolin player myself, and had a always had a fascination with the backstory there. Mm. And somebody in film, I have to think about that. Because mm-hmm. I just I'm recently have applied my brain so deeply and so creatively given in to the this the just absolute expansive um, things it takes to make good film and storytelling. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm constantly blown away by people in this universe. And, I'd have a hard time choosing my favorite there. <laughs> yeah, I just saw if Beale Street could talk. I think I'd like to have dinner with Barry Jenkins. Oh, yeah. That would be fun, too. Yeah. I just was thinking filmically. He's, wow, making great films and beautiful stories. And my other yeah. question is, if Pickathon had a mascot, what would it be? Well, this year it's a bear. It is a so, bear. I don't know if, you, if you've noticed, but we have uh, one of the artists we work with in the visual side. Mm-hmm. We change that mascot every year. We, oh, neat. We break kind of rules. And we change the branding every year. Oh, that's kind of fun. It, it, it kind of speaks to how you're doing things artistically. Yes, it does. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, we, uh, another fun, just in those kind of artistic collaborations, we started working with uh, a gentleman named Matt Wagner, too, who's uh, who worked at a gallery called Hellion Gallery. Mm-hmm. Hellion Gallery. And but he also produced, was half of the team that produced Force for the Trees. Mm. And we started bringing in kind of international street artists from all over the world. Last year, we were heavily focused on Mexico. Mm. And not only did we kind of change our icon, we started to like visually add, you know, murals and street art and sculpture um, into and create kind of a almost a museum level venue we call the the galaxy art yard mm, wow <laughs> and we're now you know the the 
the fun thing that happens in many of these kind of collaborations is it takes a couple of years to really hit that amazing point. And we're, we're really excited this year. So like those, the visual arts part of Pickathon and the, and clues our branding is really a central part of the, you know, that call, let's call it a collaboration and that experience, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just one of these things. It's all of them. Wow. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. I am just loving learning all about it, and I hope everybody will go check out the website at pickathon.com. There are events all year long. You can look at all sorts of fantastic content. You can learn about how Zale is just pushing the envelope of a festival experience, and I think I'm going to be there this year. It's August 2nd through the 4th, and I hope you have a fabulous day. You too, and really appreciate getting to talk to you. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, I've enjoyed it too. Thanks. Have a great day. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to Adventures in Artslandia. Download the Artslandia app on iTunes where you're going to find a comprehensive arts calendar that's the best in the West. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Artslandia.